0: Welcome to Finding The More Ministries, where our mission is to inspire everyone to experience the exceeding abundantly more that Jesus has promised. We trust that our podcast will not only challenge you, but encourage your spirit to go deeper into God's Word. And now for today's speaker. All right, so we're going to get started tonight we're going to talk about time and that may sound a little bit crazy but we're going to talk about time because time is given to us by God. God developed time because he knew within our human bodies, see we can't fathom eternity. We, we can't comprehend eternity in our human bodies. Are not designed to just go and to go and to go. From the very beginning in Genesis 1, he begins by saying, He creates, and the night and the day were the first day. You know, so it goes through this process of helping us understand there is a structure to everything and that we are to try to live within this time. So, time for us can be actually hope. God has given us a hope by giving us time, and you think, "Well, I don't think time seems to always be against me." I don't know about you, well, you're you know, still alive. right? And that's—I mean, we are still alive, and we should be grateful that we're still alive. But I can, you know, there are some days that I'll just be quite honest. I'm like Jesus. I'm ready to go on home. I I appreciate today, but if I saw you by this evening, I might would be just perfectly okay with that. But time, you know, there's, there's times that we wake up, and I may be the only one that challenges this, but there's days that I wake up, and when I wake up, I get ahead of the game. So sometimes the Lord will wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't need to be up till 5 or 6 o'clock. And so me and him have us a good old time, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm thinking I've got all the time in the world because I got up. And for some reason, every time that happens, I end up running behind to start my day. I start ahead of the game and then somehow I end up running late and behind and and I get overwhelmed and in a tizzy. It's interesting how time can so quickly change from all the time in the world and I'm doing great to the next minute I'm overwhelmed and I'm in a tizzy because I'm running behind. So we're going to talk about not time in the calculation of a day, but we're going to talk about time as in yesterday today, and tomorrow. So God gives us our yesterdays. If God so chose, he could have us to forget our yesterdays, right? But he doesn't. He he gives us those yesterdays. And our yesterdays are also a gift to us, but they can also be a curse to us if we don't use our yesterdays properly. Our yesterdays are to remind us of God's faithfulness. When we run into a situation that seems like this circumstance is way too big or way too hard for us, and then God will bring to our remembrance how he's already brought us through something similar before in our yesterday. And how He proves to us that He's already done it once. Or He may take you to a verse in Scripture and you're doing your daily reading plan and all of a sudden it comes to the, just the perfect example in Scripture of someone who's going through exactly what you're going through and He brought them to the other side of it. And you see that God is faithful. So our yesterdays can remind us that God is faithful. If you look at Psalms one forty three one, it's David's saying, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness, answer me, and in thy righteousness. See, David couldn't have called out and said, in thy faithfulness, if God hadn't already proven himself faithful to David before. See, when we run into circumstances, we can remember the faithfulness of yesterday and that God is the same when? Yesterday, today, and... Tomorrow, So he is always the same. So if he was faithful yesterday, what is he today? And guess what's going to happen tomorrow? He's going to be faithful again. So the gift of yesterday that gives us hope is the reminder that God is faithful. If we look in Isaiah 25, 1, it says, O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things, that counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. See, the counsels of old. See, he can count on the truth of God in his faithfulness because the counsels of old is that he has always been faithful. So we have no reason to doubt that he will be faithful today. Yesterday gives us hope because it allows us not to repeat the mistakes that we've made before. Now, if we're honest, some of us have repeated our mistakes from the times before because we're a little hard-headed. and I'm sometimes a little slow at learning and I don't realize that that was the mistake that I made that caused the problem because surely it wasn't anything I did that caused the problem, right? It's somebody else must have caused the problem. That's what we believe, right? But yesterday gives us hope that we don't have to repeat the mistakes of our past. In 1 Corinthians 10, in verse 6, it says, Now these things were examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. And if you skip down to verse 10, and it leaves you, it lists a bunch of things. And then at verse 10, it says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. See, the Bible, if we'll get into it, He gives us examples of what people did wrong, one of which was to lust, to do evil things, to murmur, and there's a whole list that goes on in between there. So if we read our Bibles and we see what has happened before. We don't have to repeat those mistakes. I know we give the children of Israel a really bad rap. And when you go through the book of Judges, we're like, really? God warned you. You did it anyway. You cry out to him. He sends you a rescuer. You live in peace during that rescuer, your judge. The judge dies And you go right back to doing the same thing. And you do this and repeat it over and over and over and over again. And we're like, what's wrong with you when we read Judges? And then very lovingly, God will thump you on the head and say, hmm, why do you keep doing things over and over and over again? When clearly in my scripture, I've told you to stop. You see, he reminds us lovingly. He gives us examples so we don't do the same thing when they murmured against Moses, when they murmured because they didn't have water. You see, it's okay for us to look at our yesterday and grow from it. But what we're not supposed to do is long for our yesterdays. See, when God freed them out of Egypt, they didn't take not even a week to say, well, I wish I was back in Egypt. I'd rather be a slave and have vegetables and meat and all these things to eat. They, they, not just, they didn't look back and realize the abuse they endured. They didn't look back and realize they were slaves without freedom. They looked back and longed. They lusted after the indulgences to their flesh. And then they began to murmur. See, we can learn from yesterday. I can tell you now that I am blessed. I'm blessed beyond measure. And in my blessing today, I have lost a lot of things that I used to have. But not a single one of those things makes a difference to the life I now have in Christ. But if I let the devil... Whisper in my ear, he can make me look back and long for those things of yesterday. But I don't look back and long after those things. I look back and I reflect and I let them keep me from making the same mistakes again. And I thank God that he's delivered me from those things in my life. And that's how our yesterdays can bring us hope. Our yesterdays always can bring us memories to encourage and inspire us. Most of us in... I'm thinking right now in my head, I think every one of you since I have known you has lost someone. That's dear to you. And that can be very heart-wrenching and it can be heartbreaking. But God can also send us the memories of joy that came from the time that we had with them. He can also use that time to remind us of the love that we've had in our lives and the encouragement of tomorrow that we get to be with them again. So the memories can help us to have joy and to inspire encourage us to move forward in Christ for that hope That's coming. If we look in Psalm 77, 11 through 14, it says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength Among the people, we can also remember the strength and the power of our God. When we remember who He is and all that He has done for us in the past, those memories encourage us to continue on. See, the devil can whisper in our ears when we mess up, because we're all going to mess up. None of us are perfect. We all mess up, and some of us mess up daily. That would be me. Daily, I'm sure I mess up or put my foot in my mouth or, or, you know, I'm not as obedient as I'm supposed to be that day or I forget to share the word when God has told me to because I'm too busy and I I missed an opportunity. Those are all things that happen, but guess what? I can look back and I know that God's love for me doesn't change. Because God is the same over time, and I can remember that today's a little bit better than it was then. And the memory of how God delivered me then and has encouraged me along the way helps give me hope of my yesterdays. Can I tell you what we can't do? Yesterday is our what? It's our past, right? Yesterday is our past, it is gone. And it's okay to look back on our past, but it is not okay to live in our past. We have to surrender everything. Everything from our yesterday needs to be surrendered to God. Even now, as a child of God, living surrendered before Him every night, I need to give Him everything that happened that day. All the goods, all the bads, all the praise, all the thanks, all the I'm sorry's, all the please forgive me's, all of that needs to happen every night. Because you know what? I might not get the next morning. But I need to make sure that my yesterday's cleared. Because it has no hold on me. See, the principalities of this world would love nothing more than for us to stay focused on the past, to stay focused on what we had, what we're lacking, what may have changed, or all the ways we've failed, so he can humble us through tomorrow. See, but at the end of today, guess what? It's, It's now my yesterday. It is no longer. So I can learn from it. I can have hope that God will guide me to the next one. And then I can move on to today. So today, what do we need to do for today? If you look in Ecclesiastes back in chapter 3, we're going to look at 15. It says, That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. That's very complicated. (laughs) when you read that so that which hath been is now and that which is hath already been and God requires that which is past so all of every part of us makes up who we have for today right so if we're surrendering our past to God then it's surrendered and it's forgiven and it's nothing to be required of us because we've given it to God we've asked our forgiveness and we've moved forward And if our now is that which hath been, because God's already been here, God already knows what you're going to do today, right? So every today is a gift. So today what we need to do is we need to learn to live for the moment. Now that don't mean go crazy and jump off a cliff somewhere. That's not what I'm instituting here today. But we need to learn to live for the moment. In Matthew six eleven, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Have you ever really thought about that? We say that all the time. We, we repeat those verses all the time. Give us this day our daily bread. Why didn't he say, Lord, fill my cabinet so I have food for the year. It's one day at a time. Because God needs me to trust Him right now in this moment today to be everything I need Him to be. See, I think we've got some things wrong, is that sometimes we think God is more this and more that. Today, God's more love. Tomorrow, God's more jealous. Right now, God's more angry. God at this moment is all the love that He is ever going to be because He is everything at all times and it does not change. We like to try to narrow Him down to how we behave. And yes, we are made in His image and the very best of who we are comes from God. But we can't put Him in the box. You see, He is all love. He is all jealousy. He is... All anger is all things at all times to the all that he is always going to be. So if I'm asking him to give me abundance so that I feel secure, I'm not trusting him. But if I say, God, give me today what I need for today, I'm having to trust him in it. I'm having to count on him to provide me every moment of every day. And guess what? That's the best place that I can be because He will always provide not what I want, but what I need when He knows I need it, not when I think I need it. And when that happens, my life can bring Him glory because it'll all fall into that perfect timing that Ecclesiastes talks about in chapter 3. In the very beginning, that there's a time for everything, and He has planned those times specifically. And we may not like all those times. We not might not like that there's a time that we have to mourn. We might not like the time that there's a time that we have to be apart. But there is a time for everything, and everything in its time means God gets the glory for it because He has the perfect timing. When we leave in the moment, we go down to Matthew 6, 34. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We should always accomplish what God's asked us to do today because if he's asked us to accomplish something today, it's because tomorrow is not when the time is for us to do it. And we never know that we're going to have tomorrow. None of us are promised that. None of us are guaranteed another tomorrow here on this earth. We're not promised another hour on this earth. But what we are promised is if we will take the gift of today and we will live it moment by moment as God directs our lives, then we can bring Him glory and honor and fulfill the calling that He put us here for. And sometimes the greatest callings that he has for us is the small interactions. The cashier that you just watch get abused by the three people that were in front of you and treated awful, and then you get up there and she is a horrible cashier or he is a horrible cashier, and your stuff is being all thrown in the bags wrong, and it's a hot mess, and they're murmuring to themselves the whole time. And instead of being like everybody else that day, you speak love to them you ask them how they're doing and catch their eye and stare at them not in a freaky way but you stare at them till they see that you're not just saying it you're not just saying well how are you today and then fiddling in your purse you pause and you look at them and you let them see i see you and if you can get them to respond even if they don't do nothing but scoff and blah, 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 And go on about it. It's okay because you did what God put on your heart. You showed love and kindness in that time, in that moment. Because that's the moment you were given with that person. But you don't know how many times that when you say that, they might just pause because you're the first person that day that actually asked them how they were doing and was waiting for a real response. And when you get that response or they do start to talk back to you or you see that little glimmer in their eye that you have acknowledged them, you make sure you tell them, I just want you to know that God sees you. He's not forgotten you. You remind them. And it may mean nothing to them at that moment, but guess what? It's a seed you planted in the moment of time that God blessed you with. That person that cuts you off in traffic and infuriates you and you want to catch up to them and be ugly, how about just slowing yourself down? Take it as a warning to you that you need to step back and then say, Lord, I don't know what's gotten them in such a rush. I don't know why they're so behind. I don't know if they're headed to the hospital to see a loved one. I don't know if they're late for the work and they could lose their job today if they're late one more time. But God, whatever it is, keep them safe calm their spirit, help them not to hurt themselves or anyone else. Now, I'm telling you this, and I'm not no super saint. I do not do this all the time. I'm not trying to pretend like I've got it all together and I do this every single time. I don't, and I'll be quite honest with you. I'm much better at behaving this way when my husband's the one that gets cut off and I'm the one in the passenger seat. (laughs) I am. I'm much better at that. And then that does nothing but infuriate my husband. You know, hey, that's how it goes. And sometimes we are better when it's not us the one personally. You know, we see it better when we're the one standing beside someone. Sometimes it's easier. But that's how we learn. That's how we grow. But when we learn to take those little moments of, of things that happen, and rather than letting them be things that happen to us, that they're things that God's getting our attention for so that we can live in that moment to bring Him glory our whole perspective on how we respond in the moment will change. We can't take today for granted. In James 4, verse 13 and 14, it says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I can tell you that sometimes I feel like I've been on this earth for an eternity. But in the truth of it, it's a vapor. It's a, you know, I'm sure most of you ladies are looking at me going, sweetheart, it has not been that long. And it's okay. <laughs> and I'm sure that I'm going to feel even more when I get to your position in life of feeling that way. And then, you know, we have a little lady over there who's going, I don't know what any of y'all are talking about because I'm young and I'm excited about life. So, But there are times that we want to say, well, well let's just do that next year. Well, we'll just plan that for this. And yes, we do need to plan some things, but we also need to understand that those plans can change. I don't know of anyone that 2020 has gone to plan. I can't think of a single person that when... The ball dropped or whatever you watched, and everybody shot confetti and was all excited about the new year, knew this was going to be the year. Yeah, I, you know, no one was, you know, checking off, stay at home, lose my income, learn to teach my kids, you know, nobody's checking those books. Yeah, can't go nowhere, don't know how to get my groceries no toilet paper, you know. No one started this year thinking those things. None of those things came to our mind. But you know what the best part is? Didn't catch God by surprise. God knew before He created the universe that 2020 was coming. God knew before He set in motion the earth to be created that this wonderful year that we have been experiencing was going to require us to make some decisions we had to make the decision to not only be the church when we couldn't come to church but to learn what being the church meant because being the church didn't mean I show up on Sunday check mark you see Learning how to check on people didn't consist of being able to stop by and see one another. We had to, to, you know, make efforts to try to get a hold of people and check in. Um, Simply getting groceries became a feat. And for some of us who aren't good at buying a week's worth of groceries at a time, it was a challenge every day to try to figure out something to eat with what you could find. You know, but... It doesn't mean it, it's a way of we need to, We had to start looking at what can we do today. Rather than, because none of us know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But more than ever, right now, the day we're living in, we have no idea what next week we'll be allowed to do. We don't know what tomorrow's new regulations might be. So all we can do is take what we have today, give it all to God, and allow Him to make it what He wants it to be for today. And if He gives us another today, tomorrow, we get the same beautiful gift. Every day is a gift and an opportunity to serve. Psalms 118.24 This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And that's Ephesians 5, 15, 16. So if every day is a gift, we should be rejoicing in it, right? This is the day which the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Have we not heard that? Even before I was ever in church, I knew that that was something somewhere in the Bible. I couldn't have told you where. I just knew that it was something somewhere in the Bible, that this is the day the Lord had made. We will rejoice. Are we willing to wake up and rejoice for a new day when it's not the day we want? We know the right answer, right? We all know we're supposed to say, yes, I will wake up and praise the Lord regardless of what my day holds. But we need to do it. You know what helps me? My alarm clock is a Christian song. So depending on what I'm getting up to accomplish that day, depends on what kind of song it wakes me up to. So that it starts off with the chorus of whatever song it is. Um, you know, I want to be different. Let them see you and me. You know, sometimes it, God is good. <laughs> so, you know, especially on the days that I, I'm not feeling it's going to be too good of a day, I wake up singing to me, God is so good, because that's the truth, regardless of my day. And so I've learned that starting my day off with my alarm clock waking me up with the praise <laughs> can help me because that song gets stuck in my head as I'm starting my day. And then I start singing it over and over, and eventually it becomes a praise to God. And now there's some mornings I, I hit my alarm clock, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to make a difference today. I'm tired. You know, well let's just be honest about it. Some days that's how it is, but we should remember that every day is a gift. We could choose to grumble it away. We could choose to look at all the yesterdays that we don't have anymore. Or we could say, today's a new day. God, I give it all to you, the good, the bad, the ugly, the excitement, the disappointment. I give it all to you, but regardless of what it is, I want it to bring you glory because today's a gift that there's many people that wish they had that I'm getting. And then when we get back to Ephesians five fifteen to 16, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but be wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Are we making use of our time? Okay, we're trapped at home. Well, I'm not trapped at home. But if you're trapped at home, you know, there are times we're on isolation at home. You have a choice. Will you sleep for 12 hours? Will you watch Netflix for five hours? You know, or will you spend some extra time with God? Will you pick six people out of the church directory and call and check on them and just let them hear somebody's voice because they're trapped at home too? Sit down and write a card. Mail it out to different people. Because they're on your heart Because you miss them You haven't seen them You're not getting to be around them And it's just breaking your heart Not to see their faces So rather than just sit there There are things we can do We can redeem the time that is given to us And if you say Well I don't, make, I don't talk on the phone Which I can tell you That's my least favorite thing to do But I, I gave it to Jesus And I talked a lot of times To a lot of people on the phone During all this time by the grace of the good Lord, he helped me. And you say, well, I don't, write. I don't like to write out cards. My hand's hurt. I don't want to do that. But you know what you can do? You could take the, the directory. You could take even the phone book, which we don't really have phone books, I guess, anymore. But you could take whatever you have that has people's names on it. And you can just start going down and praying for them. Even if you don't know what they're going through. God knows what they're going through. Live their name to, the, to Jesus. We all have people we love that are lost. We all have people who think they're okay, but we know good and well there's no fruit on their trees. How about taking the extra time that we have and redeeming it by praying for them, by lifting them up, by asking God to work in their hearts? And then the last thing we're going to talk about is tomorrow. Can we count on tomorrow? We can't count on a tomorrow here in this earth. But if we have given our life to Jesus Christ through His blood, we always have a hope of a tomorrow in eternity with my Savior. So every night when I lay my head on my pillow, I'm super excited. Because whether my tomorrow is to get to see my family and check on them or my tomorrow is to see my Jesus, there's one coming. Tomorrow is a hope of a better day. First 1, verses 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for You, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. I have a promise. I have a hope of a better day. I will never not have a tomorrow. It might not be here on this earth, but then that means my tomorrow turns into eternity. And I get to see my Jesus. Don't get me wrong, heaven sounds wonderful. But I'm more excited to see my Jesus. That's my reward, is that I will get to see my Jesus. And I pray that as I kneel at His feet, He can call me His good and faithful servant. Our promise for eternity in tomorrow... Isaiah 65, 17. I want you to realize Isaiah 65, 17 is in the Old Testament. This promise was made generations back for an eternity to come. It says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former should not be remembered, nor come into mind. See, when we get to go to the new earth in the new heavens, This is gone. My promise for eternity means I no longer have to worry about my yesterday or my today because there's just forever. And it's forever with Jesus. It's forever with my God who redeemed me and saved me and delivered me from myself. So my tomorrow is the promise of eternity. In Revelation 21.4, Now, this is something that's going to make you shout. All right? So get your shouter ready. (laughs) Revelation 21, 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I don't know about you, but if you love someone that suffers or hurts, I'm not even excited about that for me. <laughs> I'm excited about that for the people I love. Who? I should say I'm not. I'm excited for me too, but it, to me, it's more that I know there is people I love that would love nothing better than to jump and to shout and praise the Lord in a whole different capacity. And sometimes God gives him that privilege and sometimes not. But he's going to have a day of no pain. We're going to have a day where there's no sorrow. We don't have to worry about if our feelings get hurt or someone's mean to us. And I don't mean our feelings get hurt like in a a passive way. I mean the wounds that cut deep. That's going to be gone. And there's going to be no more tears. It's going to be all just worship and praise of the one who set us free, who took every pain and every sorrow and every tear for us, who deserved not a single one of them. So the very least that I can do is give my everything for the today that he is giving me regardless of what I may endure through it. Because today is the gift. My promise is eternity. And my yesterday is my reminder of all the things He's done and been faithful through along the way. So we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord Jesus. We just thank You that You bore all of our sin, all of our shame. You took everything for us on that cross. That, Lord, you not only forgive our past when we give it to you, but you also redeem our past to be used for your honor and your glory today. Lord, we thank you for the gift of today and the privilege that you allow us to be a part of what you are doing Lord, help us to never take for granted today. Help us to never forget that today is a privilege. Help us to bring honor and glory to you. Help us to remember your timing is best, not ours. And help us to never forget, regardless of what we are enduring, that the hope of an eternity with you is our promise if we have surrendered our lives before you and accepted you, not only as our Savior, but as Lord of our lives. So God, I pray that you would be with us and that you would fill us and that you would allow us to live today to the absolute fullest for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. The Finding the More family would like to thank you for connecting with us today. You can find us at www.findingthemore.org or any of our social media platforms at Finding the More. Our prayer is that you experience the more in Jesus.